hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 97 of How I Built It. Today, I'm talking to Max Seliman from Ulysses. Ulysses is one of my favorite Mac and iOS apps, and I am really excited to talk to him today because it is a different perspective on the software developing process, something different than what we usually do. Ulysses is software I use nearly every day to write up show notes, scripts, articles, and more. And I was really keen to hear how they build it over at Ulysses. So uh, sit back and enjoy the show. We recorded this around the time of WWDC. So I know Ulysses has done a lot of really cool stuff since then to integrate with Mac OS and iOS 12. So uh, just really cool to hear about their process. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Pantheon and Backblaze. You'll hear about Pantheon later on in the show. So for now, let me tell you about Backblaze. This episode is brought to you by Backblaze. As someone who works online all the time from home, I know how important offsite backups are. That's why I use Backblaze. For just $5 a month, you can fully back up your Mac or PC no matter how much space you need. It's all unlimited. They make it super easy to do it too. Just install their app on your computer and they take care of the rest. That's why they've already backed up over 600 petabytes of data. You'll learn more about them later in this episode, but do yourself a favor and start the backup process now. For just $5 a month, go to backblaze.com slash build something. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Max Zilliman. Zilliman? Uh, <laughs> we just went over this before, and I didn't write it down properly. Uh, he is the co-founder and lead developer of one of my favorite iOS apps, Ulysses. Max, thanks for joining me today. Yes, absolutely. So um, for those of uh, for those listening who don't uh, know who you are, or what Ulysses is, why don't you give us a little rundown? Who who are you? What do you do? What's Ulysses? So um, I'm the co-founder and lead developer of Ulysses. And it's a project we've started 15 years ago already. And um, it's a writing app, basically. It's for creative writing. It helps you focus on your text, um, helps you organize your texts, and um, makes it very easy to get it out wherever you want it, be it on a blog or email or PDF or Word files. doesn't matter. So that's it. It's, 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 the idea is to it's your one-stop writing solution for everything you write. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can attest to that uh, since using Ulysses. I think I've opened up Word like once or twice. Um, yeah, so it's it's absolutely my favorite thing. Um, and the it's got great markdown support and things like that too. Um, 
So I did not realize that you were uh, 15 years old. So did you get your start on the Mac or was it? Yes. So uh, I think uh, Ulysses 1.0, so we have two generations of Ulysses, but the first Ulysses generation launched July 1st, uh, 15 years ago. Great. Wow. Very long time. Yeah, it was macOS 10.1 times. Wow. That's that's, that's fantastic. So uh, let's see, 15 years ago, that's around 2003, if I'm doing my math correctly. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so uh, that's that's great. That's actually that gives me really good context for uh, the rest of these questions, right? Because uh, the first is the, the next one is is how did you come up with the idea for Ulysses? Um, so the, the 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 way it all came to be was my partner Marcus, whom I didn't know didn't know at the time. Uh, he wanted to write a book, a novel, and he was looking for uh, tools he could do it with and. To quote him, he only found apps for developers and secretaries, where <laughs> app for developers would be BB Edit and secretaries mm. would be Word. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't like any of those. So he came up with an idea for a writing app and then went on, on a mailing list um, to uh, find someone who could do it. And I was in school at that time, and but but he, uh, yeah, I said, well, I can do it, very easy, and it took quite a while <laughs> to actually get it done. But then that's how we started, and we've never finished, uh, stopped since then. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, around two thousand three, even, I mean, fast forward to when I discovered Ulysses, which is now less than a year ago. Like I listened to uh, app stories and and. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the folks over at Relay FM who who's where I found this out from, found about found out about Ulysses from. Um, there's still like not in my opinion, there's not a great uh writing app uh like like Ulysses, which includes Markdown and, and export to PDF. You know, I mm-hmm. I used editorially a few years ago uh and was a big fan of that, but you know, they closed their doors um mm-hmm. about a year later. And so um I imagine back then the landscape was even worse. <laughs> so it was, um, I, it was different. It wasn't yeah. necessarily worse. I mean, there were fewer users, but those that were there were very much into buying apps. So it's really, um, it was really a different time, and and people would be, I would say, people would be spending more actually on apps, mm-hmm. and and so now that more common users have have joined all the all the platforms and especially since since iPhone really became a mass a mass market um i would say um it's 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 changed a bit so yeah um so but it was okay back then i mean there are a lot of developers that have been around for very long for example the omni group they they got they got started in the 90s um yeah. when apple i mean there was no Apple back in the nineties. Basically, they right, were. On, right. They started. On, they started on Next, and same was for us. I mean, two thousand three, Apple was still really, really doomed. I mean, right, really right. doomed. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that's um, that's still, um, but but it was okay. I mean, it was. It, I also didn't have to make a living of it. I mean, I was still in high school when mm-hmm. we started, so it was a nice extra income. And I could afford stuff that other students couldn't, like getting a PowerBook uh, G4 uh, nice. was 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 a real nice thing. I, I did like in the second month or so after after we had this initial sale, um, and then I 
over the years, I've kept to finance my university with it and um, was able to do just that. Um, need to say, university in Germany is pretty pretty inexpensive compared to to the US. So it's, it's uh, all publicly funded. So all you need yeah. to come up cover for is like your, your housing and your food. So that that was doable, and I was able to go to WWDC every year. So that that's what what it did for like a decade. And only then we decided to take it full time. It's been always a hobby project for all the time, and and only then we decided to take it full time. Wow, wow! So that that's also incredibly interesting. So um, so I do want to back up before we get to that that next point. Yeah. Um, so it was two thousand three. Uh, you made this app, and and like you said, a- Apple was still they they weren't they weren't the Apple of today, right? Um, Definitely not. No. So. How was the decision process? Like, how did that go when you said, all right, we're going to develop this app for the Mac and not for Windows? We both had Macs and we met on a Mac mailing list. Gotcha. Mac Pro, Pro user mailing list. Um, and that's it. I mean, that's that's the, that's how, how it came to, to decide that we we're going to do it a Mac. Um, because we only had Macs and we loved the Mac. And um, that's uh, probably still the main reason why we haven't like expanded to windows or something else yet because that's what we use that's what we love that's what we know and um not sure if uh if i really want to go to other platforms because i'm not there so right yeah i, I mean that makes sense right if uh it, it, especially when you're building you know an app that people are probably going to use every day you want to understand the platform that you're on right and you don't just want to shove something out the door that's half of what it is on the original platform exactly yeah cool so uh what was the initial feature set like did you just talk to um your your co-founder and say like we need these things did you um did you do other research i know when i was in high school i was just like i'll just build this and like see what happens <laughs> Totally me, um, but he is uh, actually 15 years older. Okay, okay. <laughs> so when we started, he was as old as I am now. Gotcha. <laughs> also an interesting thought, but right. still. Um, um, so and and he had he had come up with a complete concept. So he was basically already done. He like he was carefully and and, and teaching me about it. So I was like, he was like, hey, can I make interface suggestions? And then I was like, yeah, I've scribbled something. What do you think? And he's like, well, take a look at this completely finished interface mock-up. <laughs> and let's <laughs> please build it. I want to exactly copy of that. Copy of that. So um, he was already done with the concept. And then we didn't talk to many people until we launched because it was already at that time extremely opinionated already. Sure. Um, I mean, in 2003, that, that's the year, basic, uh, by the way, where... Uh, John Gruber invented Markdown the exact same year when we launched, uh, and we we launched in 2003 a plain text app. So it was sort of a parallel development. It was a trend that was going on in the internet to switch to plain text writing with markup, and that's when John Gruber came up with Markdown in 2003. And and the original Ulysses, Ulysses wasn't using Markdown because there was no Markdown back then because it just came out, and. Yeah. Um, it used a different kind, uh, its own markup, and but it was plain text, and that was already quite a revolution because we were <laughs> getting shitloads of email telling us, "Hey, go rich text. Rich text is the way to go." Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's man. I'm 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 glad that you mentioned that too, because I mean, for for people online today, you know, Markdown has existed as long as anything else. Um, 
Yeah, right. So exactly. That's really cool. Yeah. So so Ulysses launched as a a plain text editor. You added Markdown and a bunch of other features later. Let's jump. Uh, let's fast forward a little bit to um, uh, your decision to go to iOS. Right? Was that right. like a was that like a pretty easy decision? Where you're like, well, the iPhone's out now. People are gonna want to write on that, or so when the iPhone came out, our original take was, well, nobody will write on the phone. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, and that's that's still. 2007 or something that's also quite a quite a while ago already so but then uh so we didn't do much for the iphone and and also the sdks like weren't able to do handle all of the kind of stuff so but then happened the ipad Mm -hmm. and for the ipad we or basically marcus said well we can't bring ulysses to the ipad um but what we can we can i have a nice idea for a gesture-based ui um uh, so you have this idea of sheets and stacks of sheets, which you then can pinch to spread them out. So you just spread the stack by pinching it out and you close it back by, by squeezing. And, um, and then that became Daedalus. So we, when the iPad came out, I think it still took us a year because we were still doing it part-time and in, 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 our, in our free time. Um, but that was, that became Daedalus. It was our writing app for iPad, which okay. was, um, not even I think the origin, the first version was not even doing markdown. It was just plain text. Uh because even then it wasn't very, very well feasible to do markdown and any kind of highlighting and formatting uh as an app developer on an iPad. Right. So and then I think I, I think iOS seven, when iOS seven launched, I, I forgot to hear. Apple introduced new APIs. Um that's when it did yeah, exactly. It's when it did the flat design. And mm-hmm. then they brought finally brought over the APIs um, we were using on the Mac to iOS. And that sort of was like the trigger. So we can now take our code and bring it to iOS. And we don't need to rewrite the whole app, the whole app to make it work on iOS. And that was really the point where we said, well, um, no idea how we're going to get this thing on, a, on an iPhone, but let's bring it to iPad. And um, this also took us a year uh to 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 get the mac version working on an ipad well it turned out really good and uh and once we were done with the ipad version interestingly we knew how we would go to the iphone so we didn't we initially we had no idea how to go from mac to iphone because the the, the size difference is so huge so immense Mm -hmm. um but we were able to go from mac to ipad um and and once we were there we were able to go to iphone Today's episode is brought to you by Pantheon. WordPress 5.0 and the new editor, Gutenberg, are coming. Are you prepared? Do you want to learn about the changes in advance? Pantheon has gathered resources to help you prepare, including webinars and tutorials. Pantheon also has made it easy and free to try Gutenberg with your site before the official launch. Visit pantheon.io slash Gutenberg. Let them know that how I built it sent you. And now, back to the show. So you, you made this transition uh, to from Mac down to iPhone. Uh, you with with iOS seven, you kind of got the APIs that you needed. Yeah. Um, was it uh, today? As I use it, you know, I use it primarily on my iPad. I'll use it on my Mac as well. Um, is there is there feature parity pretty much between the two, or are there some? Um, 
are there some differences? There are some minor differences, but nothing major. So um, the platforms are different. So there's yeah. slightly different features here and there. But we we also claim that it's almost feature parity. It's yeah. there's only very few things missing from either side, and um, we've worked. It, it took us quite a while. So from the original iPad version, which launched I think three and a half years ago, three three years ago, three years ago, um, it took us like easily two years to get to feature parity because the the Mac app was so huge already. So, um, gotcha. But we're there now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and uh, when you first launched, I know a lot of apps are going kind of subscription based now. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is what what you guys do. Uh, I think it's a very reasonable price, especially if you rely on it every day. Um, were you always subscription based, or was it a one time fee at some point? I mean, in two thousand and three, nobody would talk about subscriptions. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's um, that's one thing, and uh, the other is um, we we originally didn't like. It, it was always, it was always, it was never a question. I mean, you would, you mm-hmm. would just make a paid app, and right. you would, uh, you would at some point make a paid update. Um, we failed at that. We so we had a decade of learning about about how not to make paid updates, but we eventually succeeded. Um, um, but the, um, yeah, but the. Uh, the, the platform has changed so much and they and the, the need to go to subscription has only evolved over time and the uh, yeah and, and, and just a, just a, just the situation changed and then then we had to do the switch but initially it was not a thought gotcha gotcha yeah and and, and i mean like i said like today it's it's there's a lot of that and and i mean i'm a developer i'm a web developer and i can totally see the reasons why right you're create you don't expect somebody to buy one pair of jeans and then get every new pair of jeans for free right you have to buy right. each new pair of jeans um so yeah the, the, the i mean there's there's a lot of lot of issues involved and but basically it's it's a platform that's oh ever evolving i mean there's a new os every year there's new devices every year and people want to have the newest stuff on the newest phones on day one basically and and Getting getting that done means constant improvement, constant development, and then we're like half of the year we're only busy with adopting to the new OS and newer devices. And no, there's there's no way to there's no way to um, yeah realize that without a subscription. I mean, the, in, yeah, with with a, with a paid update, and um, uh, yeah, so that is that is part of the reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is great. So we have a good kind of baseline for uh, the history of Ulysses and how it works today. Um, so why don't we get to the title question, which is how how did you build it? Um, and you know, we could talk about kind of how you built the first version. We could talk about uh, the iOS version, and and I know that you're the lead developer. Do you have a team of developers? Just whatever you're most comfortable kind of talking about. Um, interestingly, the original version is quite similar to today's version. I mean, uh, Xcode was then still called Project Builder, um, but it's the same tool chain. I mean, it's it's Apple's tool chain that we used. Uh, It's still Objective-C today, no Swift. Um, That's basically, um, the reason for that is um, we started out when there was no Swift, Mm -hmm. and now we have a really, really huge code base. 
that we just can't port or something. So uh, we would only add parts of Swift to it. And then the tooling support for that is not so optimal. And then we really like Objective-C. And then like there's there's a bunch of reasons. And um, I, I can see us going to Swift sometime in the future, but not right now. So that is... Uh, our, our team is uh, totally into. We we know exactly how we need to build things uh, mm-hmm. with, with Objective C and and all the tools that we have, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, Objective C. That's like the classic language, right? <laughs> so, um, right, right. You know, it's it's not like we're seeing a performance hit because you're not using Swift. At least as an end user, I don't see one. Right? It's a no. very snappy it, app for all the platforms I use it on. No, I'm. If if that were the case, we would probably be more inclined to to mm-hmm. go to Swift, but that won't happen anytime soon, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and so you mentioned that you do have a team. Um, how do you manage that team? You said you have a big code base. Uh, I know that managing yeah. managing a big code base with many developers can be difficult. Um, so we, um, over the years, evolved into like one big repository. Mm-hmm. Um, where everything is in there, and then we do pull requests. Everybody does does their does their own their own features, and then makes pull requests just like when you do with the team. Um, we're all on site, so we just talk through. We do weekly nice. standups. We do sprint meetings, and um, but you also could do that when you're remote. But we prefer. I don't know. I I really like to work with people in the same room, yeah. and just <laughs> be able to to. Uh, uh, punch them <laughs> directly <laughs> when something goes on. No, uh, but seriously, um, just just being able to to like look at each other's screen, like just like lean over and well, yeah, this and that, yeah, exactly, and not like oh, we need to schedule schedule a call and, and right and, and all, oh, other kind me, of other kind of share my screen, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so it's much easier to just to just um, to just uh, yeah talk to each other, and then also the benefit is that I mean. It can be a bit annoying when other people are talking, but you can also overhear a conversation and then uh, chime in when you know something that the others just forgot to talk about. Yeah. So that, that really makes a few of the discussions very efficient. So and um, uh, and that's really that's really good. And then we we use um, Jira. Okay. Uh, for for as the bug tracker and sprint planning system, and we have Bitbucket server. Um, running for the code and uh, Bamboo for the continuous integration. So we're really into the Atlassian stack. Um, those are great tools. Are not cheap. Um, as soon as you as soon as you hit those ten user barrier, they are absolutely not cheap. <laughs> um, but uh, totally worth it. This episode is brought to you by Backblaze. Earlier, I mentioned the importance of offsite backups and how for just $5 a month, Backblaze can get you unlimited space on their servers. But you may be wondering how easy are restores? Well, not only can you access backups from their mobile apps, use their desktop app to initiate restores, and share backup files through links, but you can even do a restore by mail. You can buy a backup on a flash key or a hard drive, and they will mail it to you. Send the hard drive back and get a full refund. Don't get caught without a backup. For just $5 a month, you can get unlimited backups with Backblaze. That's like one drink at Starbucks. 
Visit backblaze.com slash build something to get started today. That's backblaze.com slash build something. Another question I'm really interested in, right? Because I, I'm a web developer. It's pretty easy to test my medium. Uh, relatively speaking, I have browser stack and I have a couple of computers that I test on. What's it like testing your app? Um, you know, do you go do you go back and support certain versions of iOS? Do you need to do different testing for iPhone and iPhone uh, for an uh, an iPad? Um, yeah. You know, what's that look like? Yeah. So we we need to like test all the all the versions. We are th- supporting three macOS versions back to ten point eleven, okay. um, which I would really love to get get rid of, but <laughs> still too many users on that mm-hmm. can't cut cut it off. Um, yeah. And um, then we need to test all the iPhone device sizes. So we have iPhone SEs, iPhone sevens, seven pluses, iPhone ten, all the iPad sizes, iOS ten, iOS eleven. Uh, a big mixture of devices and for bigger releases we do a beta test where we get so many people that we hope that we cover all uh, yeah. all the devices and I mean we, we, we addition we need to test all the languages that's maybe something you don't necessarily do for for, for a web app um, but but we have 10 languages so we need to test it in Russian uh, and we need to test it in Chinese and other kind of stuff so um and then before, so we do a beta test where a lot of things get get like fixed or, or or tested already. But before every single release, even the point releases, we do something like a final check. What we call mm-hmm. is where we sit down for an entire day, the development team, and we play through every single feature. So and that that really wow. is like it really takes a day, and it's so damn exhausting. You can't imagine it's, it's <laughs> like you're so completely wasted after like four hours of like breaking your app all the time. Yeah. And 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 we we have all the devices, all the device sizes, we have uh, all the OSs and uh, we play through every single feature on every OS on every device and in multiple languages and we just test it all out. And we always come out with a long, long list of things that have always been broken. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is also quite quite funny. So Whenever we go over it, we, we, we end up with a we end up with a list of I don't know, thirty, forty, fifty items of things that that I mean m- most most of those are, are small things like sure. hey the alignment is um, has gone has gone broken here like half a year ago <laughs> and and and, uh, <laughs> and this text doesn't doesn't sound well we need to re- re- rewrite it but but, but uh, then there are also bugs that have always been there but we we do a final check to just make sure that everything that we uh that is very obvious to find has been ruled out as a as a bug so that we're not shipping an update where we where where we have bugs in there that is super easy to trigger uh i mean that's still that we still ship bugs um yeah we we even ship bugs knowingly. Um, I don't know. Nobody wants to admit that, but we ship bugs knowingly. Um, but because you, you can't always fix all the bugs, uh, right? If you only, only if you don't, if you don't look for bugs, you can say, "Hey, we have all bugs fixed." Um, right. But, uh, if you don't yeah. write the bugs down, you get reported. Uh, then you can say, "Well, well we have no bugs on record here." Yeah. Um, so, but we have a lot of bugs on record. But so we we and we always try to fix as many as we can. But at some point, we need to make the cut. And, uh, yeah. But we so the the quality and stability is really key to our process. So 
um, for big releases better. Um, and but then really getting down to all the functions and, and people rely on it. So that that is that is I mean that's also it's not a it's not a it's not a game or something. Um, right, right. So we yeah. really need to focus on the quality. Yeah, absolutely. So and and I was gonna say there, like it, you find me a developer who says they just shipped something with no bugs and. I'll show you a liar or just like the greatest programmer that's ever existed. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's only the former. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's great. So, uh, man, so testing sounds like a, a big event for you and, and rightfully so. Cause like you said, people rely on this. Um, you just rolled out, uh, as we record this, I think, uh, version 13 of Ulysses. Is right. that right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I know that you just rolled rolled out a few um, big features, but uh, you know, what are your plans kind of for the future? You know, as we record this, uh, WWDC is just a few days away. This episode's coming out, you know, several weeks after mm-hmm. that. So we'll we will know what was announced as people listen to this. But um, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm I don't I don't have a really uh, a vision for what Apple will be doing next. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just. I'm just open. Uh, we, we're going to see next week, and yeah. um, we'll definitely adopt new features as as they fit the app. I mean, if they don't, there have been years where we had to do a lot, and there have been years where we had to basically do nothing. So it, I'm curious to see what this year is. Finally, yeah. though, it is it's the first year in the 15 years of me making profe- uh, software professionally where we not in the middle of a development cycle over WWDC. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened every single year since. We always had the plan, like, let's ship this before WWDC so we have a, a blank sheet of plans when mm-hmm. Apple comes and shows us the new OSs, and it never happened. We, we <laughs> always had a big update, like in July or August, and that completely messed with our plans for the new OSs, and then the whole year got 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 mixed up. So, and But this time, we're really ready. Um, no, uh, yeah, no uh, plans or concrete plans at the moment. So we have ideas for what to do next, but we will hold out until until next week to see uh, how it affects our plans. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I will I will be sure to keep an eye on things. As I, like I said, uh, I feel like I'm gushing, but you know, it's I, I use Ulysses every day. So um, again, I'm very we, excited to kind of hear the stuff that you guys are doing and you guys have worked on. Um, we we have we have a very very long list of feature requests. I mean, I'll, I guess we have over a thousand feature requests, different features requested in our bug tracker. Yeah, uh, and and we get requested by by multiple thousand people. So we we count all the features and how how much was which feature uh, requested, and and that is um, that is basically our, our roadmap. We're not sharing it publicly because then you commit to something and then people come and say, hey, you said two years ago and uh, we had that before. (laughs) So, But uh, we will be hunting down the most requested features, um, which is tables and uh, which is um, linking between sheets. And... um, Cool. So these are two cool. of the most most yeah, requested so features. Actually, we have we have our own again again that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. So we'll, I we'll yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I was I was just gonna ask. Um. You know, is there like a certain threshold for for you to say, all right, this feature has been requested enough, or is it some combination of like 
it gets requested enough and it fits into like the overall vision of Ulysses because, um, you know, I can see people saying like, well, you know, like a thousand people saying, well, you should have this, but they like doesn't really make sense for the app or um, we talked about Windows, you know, Windows yeah. is probably, unless you become a Windows user, we're probably yeah. not going to see a Windows version of the app. So um, we, the features that get requested often totally makes sense. So we don't have anything that gets requested very, very often that doesn't make sense. So they're all sort of uh, fitting the bill of the app. And uh, the difficult part for us is to figure out how to add it to the app so that it's not getting bloated. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's also something we'll be talking about shortly, I guess. Um, Marcus might be doing a blog post about it um, because we spend so much time on making sure that everything we add doesn't, doesn't bloat the app with, uh, or, or, or water down the interface. So we spend like days and weeks, um, trying to make features in a way that they are easier to use than before and simpler to use than before and make the UI even less, uh, complicated, complicated while adding features and, um, not adding new UI. Yeah. at all always trying to avoid that and 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 that is really what takes so much time in getting that done so that, that that is the hard part also about all those features that get requested they totally make sense and i can totally see us adding them um, but i know how much time it will take um to get them to get them out to really because it all all the features i mean the more features you have every new feature has some interlinkage to everything else you have and the more you have the more interlinkages you get with every new feature. I mean, it's exponential. Right. And that, that, that is what makes it so complex um, going forward even. Yeah, it gets harder with every single release to add new stuff because you need to like all fix all those links. And um, adding the feature turns out is only like half the, half the time. Getting the rest of the app adjusted so it perfectly suits the feature is like really the rest, uh, the rest of half of the time. Um, because like you had, we had something, had something like the, like new deadlines, deadlines to goals, and then um, we we now need to ship an update uh, because of course people want to filter for goals with deadlines or show me everything that has a deadline. We, you can't do that now, but it's like all those interlinkages. Yeah, you need to you need to update all the filters, all, all the all the interfaces, and and if you want to make it really not feel like plugged on and, and halfway thought through, then every single feature gets more complex. And, and so, and so from that point of view, we have so many features requested that we, we theoretically could like, um, just go with that for years. And that's really our, 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 our backlog and, and things that we wanted to do really would last for years. And, um, we just, we just go where it hurts the most at the moment. So that's really, we, we are <laughs> really going, oh, we really, really, really need to do that. And then uh, I, I hope that we'll get some of the most requested features done over the next year so that we get maybe a bit more, a, a bit, a bit more freedom to like uh, wade out into, into uh, more complex future things. But uh, for now, I guess we'll we'll still work on 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 those obvious omissions, as right. people try to tend to say. Yeah. 
Uh, that well, that's that's fantastic. Thanks, thanks so much for that insight. Um, we are coming up on time, and so I'm going to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Trade secrets. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe realize that there's no shortcuts. That 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 would be that would be my my big secret. Uh, people always hope that there's shortcuts, uh, but in my experience, uh, and I think I can say that with 15 years, there's no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Every shortcut you take will bite you ba- back later. So mm-hmm. every uh, everything you do um, will come back at you at some point. If you if you like us work on want to work on one thing for a very prolonged time, if you do a new thing every every other <laughs> every other year or something, um, then maybe not. But if you if you try to work on something for really long because you love it a lot. Then you always need to think about uh, how can this bite back. And every shortcut you take, every technical debt you take, you have to pay back, and you have to really. It gets more and more expensive over time. So that um, is, we always try to build the right solution and not the quick solution. Um, because once, if you have done too many quick solutions, then there will be no solutions left. <laughs> Well, I, I really like that. Um, so that is excellent advice for development and for life. Uh, Max, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks again so much to Max for his time. It was really interesting to hear his development process and how it's changed over the years and how the team over at Ulysses moves with those changes and everything that goes on with Mac and iOS. And while I wish they did have a Windows app, I understand why they would want to focus in really closely on the Apple ecosystem. So definitely check out Ulysses in the App Store for both Mac OS and iOS. I am a huge, huge fan of it. Thanks again to our sponsors, Pantheon and Backblaze. Definitely check them out. Pantheon is offering you incredible hosting for free to get started. And Backblaze is offering you unlimited off-site backups at $5 a month. There's no price on peace of mind, but uh, $5 a month is insanely low. So uh, totally worth it. My question of the week for you is what app do you use for writing? If you blog or you write scripts or whatever it is you need to do to get your thoughts down online, what do you use? I use Ulysses every day and I'd love to hear the tools that you're using. Let me know on Twitter at jcasafona or email me at joe at howibuilt.it. You can also join the Facebook community over at howibuilt.it slash Facebook. I ask the question over there too, and you'll have the opportunity to discuss with other listeners. I want to build a strong community for this podcast, and Facebook is absolutely the place to do it. As always, for all of the show notes, head over to howibuilt.it slash 97. If you like the show, head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps people discover us, and friends, it's been working. I really, really appreciate your support on this. Thanks so much, and until next time, Get out there and build something.